Good morning. Welcome to South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being here today, joining us in worship, whether you're in, our, in person here in our traditional worship space or upstairs in our modern space or joining us online or listening to our podcast. It's really great how we have different ways to connect together, but that we're one church serving the one true God uh, with one message. And again, uh, it's great to be with you. I uh, missed being with you last week. My family and I are on vacation. Just want to thank Pastor Lindsay for delivering such an awesome message last week. I love what she said about what is God asking us to say hello to in the new year and what is God asking us to say goodbye to in the new year. So some really good food for thought with that. Uh, today we are continuing in our sermon series, Stories of Jesus, in which we're looking at some of the basic stories of Jesus in the Bible, uh, and we're going to learn about how they really connect in our everyday lives. And what I'd like to invite you to do is to think about where you might see yourself in some of these stories of Jesus. And in your own life, what are the stories of Jesus that you have experienced? Because I think we're all here today because we want to be a part of the story of Jesus. Whether we've been a lifelong follower of Christ or we're just brand new or even checking it out, there's something inside of us that wants us to connect with with God, with Jesus. And so we're going to continue to look at some of those stories of Jesus today. Um, last month, I went in the morning and getting going through my daily routine, uh, just getting ready for the day, and I put my contacts in. I wear contacts. Um, and so when I did that, I realized that I'd worn these contacts for a long time. I was trying to get the best mileage I could out of them, but they were starting to feel where I couldn't see everything, you know, clearly. And so I put the contacts on, and again, these are old contacts, and I just, it was just kind of blurry and weird and kind of gunky. So, you know, I like, all right, I just got to throw these away and put some new ones on, which I did, and all of a sudden I could see fine and went about my day just, you know, seeing everything that I needed to see. Um, and then a day or so later, uh, my family and I were in the car, and we're driving to my wife Laura's piano recital. She uh, taught a lot of kids piano last year, and we're going to end with a big recital, and so she's all excited. She'd worked to do all that kind of stuff, and on the drive there, she said, I'm having a really hard time seeing, and I'm like, well, what's going on? She said, I put my contacts in today, but they're really kind of blurry, and I said, uh-oh, might have gotten our contacts uh, mixed up because we have the same exact case. And sure enough, uh, she cleaned up in the bathroom and got the contacts mixed up. And uh, she's like, I need to be able to see my students today. I need to be able to see the piano to play what I'm going to play. And fortunately, she brought her glasses as a backup. And I'm like, well, you know, we can just go back and get some of your, your other contacts. She's like, that was my last pair that you threw away. <laughs> so I was in a little bit of trouble with my wife for throwing away her last pair of contacts on the day that she's having her recital with her piano students. But anyway, she got through it fine with the glasses and everything. But uh, I say that today just as a way to introduce the message and ask you, what are the things in our lives that might impede us from seeing things that we're supposed to see? More specifically, what might be blocking us from seeing Jesus working in our lives? A lot of times we want to see God, we want to see Jesus just like the people in the Bible did, and we're going to hear the good news today that Jesus is with us, Jesus is among us, and if we know where to look, we can see Jesus. And so, is there anything in your life that's preventing you from seeing Jesus at work? And what in your life are ways where you have seen Jesus at work? Or are you yearning for that? Are you ready to open your eyes and to see Jesus at work in your life? 
Well, today we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke. The word gospel means the good news of Jesus. And so Luke was one of the the four gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Luke was a first century follower of Christ. And he wrote the story of Jesus so that we could learn more about Jesus. We're going to be reading a lot in Luke today. And we're going to be at the end of the story. So Jesus has done his ministry. He's been crucified on the cross. uh, And we're at the end of the story uh, where some of the female disciples have come to the grave of Jesus, the tomb of Jesus, to anoint his body and do the burial kind of things that they did back in those days. And they get to the tomb of Jesus, and he's not there. Instead, they encounter angels, and and they say that, that Jesus is gone. And so the women run off to tell the other, the 11 disciples, right, the top disciples, and and, and, and all of this, they hear that, and they're like, what? And some of them come back to see the empty tomb. But, but at this point in the story, they've not actually seen Jesus himself. They've seen the empty tomb, but they haven't seen Jesus himself. So we're going to drop into the story now with a couple of Jesus' other disciples who are walking, and they're just kind of discouraged about what's happened. They thought, you know, Jesus was the Messiah, he was the Savior, now he's dead. Now what do we do, right? Our whole world's been turned upside down. Where do we see Jesus after his death? So let's jump into Luke's gospel and see what we can learn today. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 13. Now that same day that the women went to the empty tomb, two of the disciples were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. So all the activity has been going on in Jerusalem. Jesus was crucified just outside the walls there. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Right, so these are two disciples. They've been following Jesus. They've been thinking he's the Son of God, the Messiah, the one to come save them. And, and now he's dead. Right? And so I'm sure there was a lot of despair. There's a lot of shock. They're not sure what's going on. And it just had to be a very hard moment for them. So maybe they're walking back home to Emmaus. Right? We came to Jerusalem. Now let's just go home. Let's get back to our families and just figure out what to do next. Probably not a good moment in their life. Probably filled with despair. Right? Where is Jesus? Let's keep going. So as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. This is fascinating to me, right? So Jesus is resurrected. He's in his resurrected body. Right? You, you would still think that he would be able to be recognized, right? He's in the flesh again, right? And so and the disciples are talking about Jesus, and he walks up. And for whatever reason, God prevents them from seeing who Jesus is, right? But we know it's Jesus, uh, we are reading this now, but, you know, they just see some stranger coming up. And so, all right, it, it just adds this mystery and intrigue to the resurrection. Right, Jesus is back to life, right? The disciples are going to see him later and recognize him. Why can't these two disciples recognize Jesus? Why is God keeping them from seeing who Jesus is, right? It draws me in, right? Well, this is interesting. Let's see what happens uh, in, this, in this case, right? So he asked them. What are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast, right? They are just in utter despair. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Right? So Jesus, being kind of funny, I guess, is like, What are you talking about? Of course, he knows what they're talking about, right? But they were downcast, they're hurt, right? And, and they look at him and, like, what do you mean? What do you think we're talking about? What is everybody talking about? Right? Didn't you just realize, right, what happened with Jesus and his death in Jerusalem? And 
And of course, right, we as the readers are seeing, right, Jesus, he knows what happened, right? It happened to him. He, he knows it all, but he's not ready to reveal himself just yet to them. And so they're like, what do you mean? What are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus, right? Let's see what they say. What things he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. We're talking about Jesus, right? A spokesperson for God, the Messiah, right? He was powerful in word and deed. In Luke's gospel, when we read the story of Jesus, we see that he shows his power in his word. He talks about the Bible, the scriptures that the people had, and he teaches it in new ways that just rock their minds. And he was powerful in deed. He calmed the storm. He walked on water. He healed those who were sick. He restored sight to the blind. He brought people back to life. Haven't you heard of this Jesus of Nazareth, that is who we're talking about. And again, Jesus knows this because it's him. Well, the chief priests and our rulers, right, the religious leaders and our rulers handed Jesus over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all of this took place. He was killed. We thought he was the Messiah, right? It's been three days. We don't know what to do, right? And it sounds like they've been having a debate themselves before Jesus came along. Well, what do you think happened? Why isn't he alive? Why, how could, if he was the Messiah, the prophet, how could he be killed? Where is he? What are we going to do, right? And so they kind of draw Jesus into this debate or this discussion. They're just really still in this state of despair. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. Right? Some crazy stuff's been happening. Right? Our women went to, to see the tomb and anoint the body and do all these things, but he wasn't there. And they said they saw angels, spokespersons for God. They went and told some of the other disciples. They came back and they saw the empty tomb. But no, Jesus, we are freaking out here. We don't know what to do. We don't know what's going on. Jesus said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I don't know about you, but that seems a little harsh to me, right? Like, hey, these guys are upset about you being dead, and now you're, you're laying into them, right? What's going on, Jesus? Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Maybe Jesus is a little frustrated. I was with you guys for a few years. I taught you about what was going to happen, and now you don't get it when it happened. Come on, Right? Then he goes back into the Bible, right, to, to the scriptures, and he shows them, like, you know, this was the prophecies about me, and, and you should have been ready for all this. And so Jesus shows that, you know, God's word came through just as he had told them. And so he's kind of rebuking them. You're like, guys, guys, come on. I know it's, it's an upsetting time, but, you know, just remember what, what was taught, right? What's taught in the scriptures. You, you should be ready for this, right? The, tr the scriptures are trustworthy, and they're true. And so Jesus, so Jesus is kind of getting on them a little bit. Right? Another thing that's happening here is Luke is writing to his first century audience, like early believers. He's saying to them through this story of Jesus, don't make the mistake of these two disciples. Right? They didn't get it, but you guys know the story. So know that Jesus is alive and he's well and it's all good. I think it's a message to us today too that 
Jesus did what he was sent to do, and he rose from the dead. So let's see what happens. All right, one thing, oh, a couple points here. Right, the traumatic events surrounding Jesus are part of God's plan for deliverance. Right? Jesus had to go through some tough, tough things to get us back in a relationship with God. Jesus had to take our guilt and our shame from doing wrong things and separating ourselves from God and each other upon himself. So it was hard. He had to die on a cross and to come back to life so that you and I could be restored into a right relationship with Jesus. But what the disciples have seen is not the end of hope. It was the beginning. Yes, Jesus died, and that's terrible. But he's alive again, right? What seemed like hope being cut off was just the very beginning, right? He died, but there's more to the story than that, right? So let's see what the scripture says next. So as they approached the village to which they were going, Emmaus, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. So these disciples, again, don't know it's Jesus, but they're hospitable. Like they're, they're having a good conversation. He looks like he's going to go further. Hey, come in, grab a meal, right? And, and maybe like the tone of the, the story shifts a little bit, right, from this just despair and, you know, just dealing with all these hard things, Jesus rebuking them and like, hey, let's just calm down and go and have a meal together. Let's just take a rest, right, just being hospitable, good people. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it and began to give it to them. Does that sound familiar? It sounds a lot like the, the Last Supper, right, where Jesus was with his disciples. He took bread, he broke it, right, and it was going to symbolize his body being broken, his blood being shed when they gave the wine, right? And, and here we're seeing that again with these two disciples. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, right? And he disappeared from their sight, right? That's a lot in one sentence, Right? They, 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 they saw now that, hey, this has been Jesus with us the whole time. And what did it take for us to see that? Sitting down and breaking the bread, right? And so, and then all of a sudden he disappears before they can say, I'm sorry, we didn't know it was you, Jesus. We're sorry, Lord, we didn't know it was you, right? But in that everyday moment of breaking bread, right, it opened their eyes to who Jesus was. Let's see that next verse. They ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Right? Wow. There was something happening. Yeah, it was happening to me too when he was explaining the Bible to us and all that. Right? There was something. I've had a feeling that something special was here. Now it makes sense. Now we get it. It was Jesus with us. He did everything that he said he was going to do. He's alive again. Right? Our hope is here. Right? They get it. Right? It, it took some supernatural intervention, but they get it. They get it. So they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and those that were with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon, right? So the other disciples are telling them, hey, guess what? Jesus is around. He showed himself to Peter, right? Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread, right? So we've moved from despair, right, to delight, right? So these, these disciples from a just very rough situation. They're down in the dumps. They see Jesus. They don't know who he is, right? He talks with them. He reveals the scriptures to them. He breaks bread, an everyday kind of thing, and boom, they recognize that Jesus was right in front of their faces. Right? When I was growing up, uh, my family used to have a saying. Uh, when we were looking for something and we couldn't find it, like a pencil in your ear or your glasses on your head, right? Maybe you've heard this, this phrase. If it had been a snake... It would have bitten you, right? Right? Mom, I can't find my, my backpack. It's on your back, right? If it had been a snake, 
it would have bitten you. I don't, maybe we're the only family that has that problem. I don't know. But you're looking for something, and it's right in front of your face. Right? That's exactly what's happening to the disciples. They're, they're wanting to experience God. They're looking for Jesus. Right? And he's sitting there right with them, standing with them, walking with them, and they can't see him. I wonder in our lives if there are points in our lives where Jesus is right here in front of us. We are looking desperately for him, and for whatever reason, we can't see him. Right? If he'd been a snake, he would have bitten us. Now, of course, Jesus doesn't bite, right? So we don't have anything to fear. So that, that, that comparison kind of breaks down there. But could Jesus be standing right in front of you in your life? And maybe there's something blocking you from seeing him. How can we find and see Jesus in our lives? Right? A few points I want to just talk about here that we learn in this scripture. One is that encountering the resurrected Jesus pushed the disciples from skeptical to persuaded. Right? These were disciples who knew Jesus. These were disciples that followed Jesus. But they were skeptical after his death. And they, it took something for them to be persuaded. They got to see him in person. Right? And so I'm thinking in our lives, what would it take for us in our everyday lives to see Jesus? Right? What, what, would, what would God need to do to get our attention? Or what would we need to do maybe to right, take the, the wrong contacts out of our eyes so that we could see Jesus? Right? Have you encountered Jesus? Have you seen Jesus at work in your life? Maybe like, not like flesh and blood like you're seeing me, but that you see Jesus' presence in your life. What could that be? Right? Another point that we have. God's Word or the Bible is trusting. It reveals Jesus. Right? What did Jesus say to the, the two disciples? He walked them through all of the scriptures up to that point saying, all of this shows you me, right? If we want to see Jesus, a great place to start is reading the Bible. And I know it's hard. It's hard to do that. And that's why we have small groups in our church. That's why we get together in groups, right? Uh, there's ways that we can read Scripture. If you want to see Jesus, a great place to start is getting into the Word. Because we see who God is. We see how God works in the world. And it helps us look for God in our own lives. That Jesus is with us at work. That Jesus is with us at school. That Jesus is with us in our families. That Jesus is with us through good times. Jesus is with us through hard times. The Bible helps us attune our vision to look for Jesus in our lives. How are you engaged with the Bible? And I know it's intimidating, it's hard, but maybe as we are in the new year, it's a good time for us to think about getting into the Bible, picking it up, reading it, studying it with someone else, continuing to come to worship as we talk about it in services. What is your experience currently of looking for Jesus in Scripture? And then finally, a few things here. Jesus reveals himself in the basic moments of life. Where did Jesus show himself? In a meal, breaking bread, something that we all do together, in a fellowship time together. Jesus is at home in the midst of everyday activity, when you're driving in your car, right? When, when you're having a, um, a, a panic attack, right? When you see the sunset, right? Jesus is in the midst, right, of everyday activity, right? And disclosure by Jesus, Jesus revealing himself to us, occurs in the context of intimacy with him, right? When we're looking to be with Jesus, right? We want to spend time with Jesus. When we're in worship, when we're serving God, when we're praying, when we're reading our Bibles, right? That's how we begin to see Jesus, right? So as we think about this in real everyday practical terms, let me just share with you some conversations that I've had over the past couple of weeks with people who are either in our church or connected to people within our church. All right, over the, over the past couple of weeks, I've uh, been talking with the Blanton family, 
David Blanton, a member of our, family, of our church family, died recently. And we're going to have his celebration of life service this Saturday. Uh, Brad Thomas, who is in our worship band in our modern uh, worship service, his father died this week. I've been in contact with both those families and just talking with them about, hey, this is very difficult. Where is Jesus in your life right now? And they've been able to identify Jesus through the work and love of you people who've been reaching out to them, to the presence of the Holy Spirit giving them comfort and the hope of the resurrection, right? Even in these difficult circumstances, they're able to pinpoint Jesus is at work in my life in the hardest time that I'm going to go through. I've been talking to people uh, in our church or related to our church who have had strokes over the past couple of weeks, and, and they're able to, to articulate how they have seen Jesus in their doctors, how they've seen Jesus, again, through people in the church who are reaching out to them and sharing love with them. Right, talking with people in our congregation who uh, are close to not being able to pay their rent, and they're seeing some hard times, someone who just lost their job, right? and they're wanting to say, where is Jesus in my life? And they're struggling with some of that, but they're also having moments of breakthroughs to say, you know what, Jesus is with me, and I can feel Jesus, and it's giving me the hope that I need. Right? Simply looking for Jesus, looking for Jesus through other people, right, in challenging circumstances. And it also happens on the other side. Right? Talking with someone who started a new job, talking with another person whose father had a successful surgery, talking with someone who finished her radiation treatment for cancer this week and got to ring the bell, you know, that they do at the end of that, right? Saying that Jesus has been with me in the good times as well, right? So in your life right now, where might Jesus be at work? These are stories of real everyday people just like you and me in our congregation or related to our congregation where Jesus is showing up in the hard times and showing up in the good times, right? As we stop and think and proactively try to look and see where Jesus is, So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? This is what I think Jesus is teaching us in Luke's gospel. Jesus reveals himself in the basic moments of life. Jesus reveals himself in the basic moments of life. Now, there will be miraculous moments in our lives, like big watershed moments, like meeting the love of your life, right, or, or getting the best job in the world, right? But, but God is most especially with us when we're breaking bread at a table, when we're driving someone who's sick to the hospital, right, when, when we get a, a card in the mail or an email of encouragement from someone saying, hey, you're not alone in this, right? If we begin to look for Jesus in everyday life, we will discover that he is all over that life. It's just a lot of times we're blind to that. We're waiting for the big miracle or like the light from heaven to come on, right? When Jesus reveals himself through the basic moments of life. Right? So, some things that we can do to look for Jesus in our lives, some action steps. I'm going to share a few with you and maybe pick out one or two that you might want to try to pursue in the coming days to try to look for Jesus at work in your life, right? The first is this, get into the Word of God. Get into the Bible, right? Pick up a Bible, begin to read that on your own. Do that with a group of folks, right? Come to the church, right? And here's some resources that we can, I can share with you. You want to take a picture of that or you want to online if you want to pause the, the, the thing and write this down or whatever. These are some great places to start, right? The, these are some Bibles that you can get. The Life Application Study Bible and the Chronological Life Application Study Bible. You can get those at many bookstore or online. 
there are Bibles that have commentary in there that say this is the Scripture and this is how it might apply to your life. Because I know the Bible is complicated sometimes, a lot of times, right? And so these are some good resources to do that. There's the one-year Bible. If you want to read your Bible through the year, it kind of breaks it up in ways to do that. So that, that's a good way to do that. The story is the Bible uh, written as a novel. Uh, you can just sit down. There are no chapters or verses. It just kind of flows like a book, right? And we have these downstairs. If you're here in person today on the way out of the ground floor lobby, there's a bookshelf down there. They've got some of the stories on there. They're free. If you want one, grab it. It's a great way to read the Scripture. Uh, the Books of the Bible is a four-volume set by Zondervan. You can get that online as well. It's kind of like the story. Uh, it's novel form, but it breaks it down into, like, different parts of the Old and New Testaments, right? And so that's kind of cool. And then if you're an online person, the Version Bible app. Uh, lots of different Bible reading plans that you can do on your phone or your computer or your tablet, right, if you want to do that more so than getting into the book itself. But it, it's the same stuff, right? So this is a good place to start. Um, another thing that you can do, I, I did a sermon on this not too long ago. Uh, you can go to our website, uh, and if you throw that next slide up, go to southpartchurch.com, click on the sermon tab, then click on sermon archives and type in with Jesus study. Right? I, I did a whole message on how to study the Bible. Uh, whether you've been studying your whole life or you've never read a page, right, it's a whole message on how to do more of getting into the Word of God. So that's one way that you can check that out. Uh, a couple other things that you might want to think about doing as we think about looking to see Jesus in the world. One would be simply to look for and expect to see Jesus, right? A lot of times in our lives, we don't even think we're going to see Jesus. I'm not going to see Jesus today. Or we don't even think about it, right? Begin to actively look for Jesus. Begin to expect, that, I'm going to see Jesus today. I wonder where that is. I'm looking for Jesus in my life today. Is it going to be through a person? Is it going to be through something I hear from a, a, a radio? Is it from a pastor? Is it going to be in, you know, in the beautiful scenery of nature? Right? Look for Jesus and expect to see him. Right? Begin to do that and you will see Jesus in your life. Um, wear the right contacts. Right? Remember, my wife and I wore the wrong contacts. That kind of got us messed up. Right? we got to learn how to focus. So many times in our lives when things are not going our way, we focus on the problem rather than looking to Jesus, right? So don't be like your pastor and his wife, right? Get the right contacts on, focus on. Don't focus so much on your problem, but focus where's Jesus in the problem, right? I'm not saying to ignore your problems, but don't let your problems overshadow Jesus, right? This is a problem I'm going through. Where is Jesus, right? And that's the last thing there, right? Can you go back one more slide? Back to Where is Jesus in this situation? Where is Jesus in this situation? The good situations, it's easier to see, right? Hey, this thing's going well. God's with me. I love this. Thank you, Jesus, right? When things are going hard, right, ask yourself, where's Jesus in this situation? Let me just say, I don't think that Jesus is causing anything bad to happen to you. It's just life happens. But then once life happens, where's Jesus to help you put the pieces back together? Does that make sense, right? Ask yourself, where's Jesus? Say to yourself, I want to look for Jesus today. I want to see Jesus today. Jesus, please reveal yourself to me today. Right? And focus on Jesus more than focus on the things that are bringing you down. These are some tips that, that you can have. And then one more thing that I would invite you to think about doing is, is share your story. Right? Where have you seen Jesus? Where have you seen Jesus a long time ago? Where have you seen Jesus recently? Um, when you go out of the sanctuary today, if you're here in person, you're going to see uh, there's a stack of these things, uh, stories of Jesus uh, that are out on the tables. They're also in the crossroads. Uh, if you open that up, it says, please share your own story about how Jesus has transformed your life. And I would just invite you to take this for your own sake, 
write down something that, that where you've seen Jesus in your life lately, right? And stick this in your Bible, stick it on your nightstand. When you're in a hard time and you're thinking, wow, where have I seen Jesus in my life? Pull this out, right? And that's a good way for you to, to be reminded of that, right? And then I'd love to invite you, if you feel led, right, to, to share this story with me, right? To, to turn in this piece of paper, uh, you can uh, drop it in the basket in the crossroads. Uh, you can put it in the offering boxes. There's a box in each sanctuary. It's a brown box right back in the back of the room. It's got a cross on it. Uh, I would love to begin to collect stories in the life of our church. And the reason that I would love to do that is I'd I love to be able to have this in the future to share stories in sermons, share stories uh, through our social media on our website, or share stories one-on-one with people who are going through things that you've gone through that, you've, that they might find helpful. Because we talked about how those two disciples saw Jesus, and I talked about some of the people in our congregation who saw Jesus. One of the most powerful witnesses in the world is for everyday people to hear Jesus working in other everyday people's lives. People expect the pastor to see Jesus. People expect the Bible to have Jesus in it, right? But if Chris shares his story with me, and then I come across someone else in life who's going through something, and I can say, hey, you'll never believe how God worked in the life of this young man's life. That is powerful, right? And so I would just ask, if you feel led, right, if you have a story to share, write it down uh, and stick it in the box. Or if you're online, you can email a story to me. I'd love to do that. Begin to collect these and uh, just to have it for future reference. And I would never share this story without your permission, right? Parts of it or even to leave your name out. I would ask for your permission. But there's something powerful in people seeing God at work in other people's lives. Some people say, I don't see Jesus in my life at all. But they see Jesus at work in your life. And then they might look back and say, well, maybe God was with me. Like those two disciples look back and they're like, you know what? We didn't see Jesus at first, but now we look back and he was with us the whole time. You ever had that experience? You get through something tough and you look back and you're like, God was with me or I wouldn't be here right now. What's your story? Where have you seen Jesus at work? And would you be willing to share that so that it might inspire someone else to be able to say, hey, I see Jesus in my own story now because of something that you said to them. Jesus reveals himself, right, through basic, everyday activities in life. What's your story? Where do you see Jesus? And would you be willing to share that? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. To those of you uh, worshiping in our modern sanctuary, we'll turn that back over to the leaders up there, and we'll see you guys in just a little bit in the crossroads. Uh, if you're worshiping online or in our traditional space here, uh, if you'll just join me in a moment of prayer. Gracious and ever-loving God, we do want to see you in our lives. Sometimes it's easy, God, when things are going well, and uh, we're just excited, Lord. Uh, we just want to give you thanks for that, those praises, Lord. Sometimes, God, things are going so well that we don't even think about you. And, and for that, we're sorry, God, because you are the cause of these great things that happen to us. Lord, sometimes life's tough. It's hard. We're beat down. We're tired. We don't know where to turn to next. And uh, we've tried, and we just we look for you, and you just seem to be absent or silent or gone. In those moments, God, please help us be like those two disciples, right, to have the light bulb go on, to, to see that you are present with us, that you are in our lives. And, 
And maybe that's through someone else that you sent to us. Maybe it's through the word of God that we read ourselves. Maybe it's through, Lord, just a feeling that you give us when we pray to you, God. Uh, Maybe it's an answer to a prayer. Lord, just help us to open our eyes to see that you reveal yourself in everyday common ways, Lord, through basic day-to-day life. We thank you, God, for the examples of these disciples. We thank you for the examples of those in the, in the Bible, Lord. We thank you for the examples of those in our church that we shared today. So, God, help us to expect to see you. Help us to see you in our everyday lives. Help us to turn into the Scripture, God, and help us to share our stories with others because we might be uh, you, right? You're, you're manifestation, you manifestation, you working through us to show yourself to someone else. It might be through us, God, and that's incredibly humbling. So, God, thank you for revealing yourself to us and that we can reveal you to others simply through telling our stories. And thank you, God, so much for Jesus, who we love, who taught us how to pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.